All right. Good morning, everyone. Uh, this is episode one of Talking with Teachers, more specifically with the senior leadership here at Raha International School. And this is for the yearbook. And I'm sitting here with Jasmine Taylor. Good morning, Jasmine. How are you doing? Good morning, Mark. Hey. So um, obviously, I have never really done a podcast before, but I would really like to. Do you listen to podcasts? I do. Like what? Uh, one of my favorites is How I Built This, um, Guy oh, Raz. Yeah. Um, and also Malcolm Gladwell. Oh, the Canadian of, guy. Yeah, mm. a lot of his like revisionist theory stuff, and yeah. He's kind of good for podcasts because of the hair, right? Don't you think he's better for podcasts, or is that just? I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen him. Are so you serious? <laughs> noticed his hair? No. Oh, he's got like big, big hair. I don't know. Like think like. So big hair equals better for podcast. I think so. It's kind of like the guys on the radio, you just don't care what they look like. It's just how they sound, yeah. I think. But, um, yeah, he's a smart guy. I like, he used to write for the New York Times, I think. Is that yes, right? Yes, he did. Not yeah. all the New Yorker, did he? Was well. it New Yorker? Maybe it wasn't New York Times. Um, he could possibly have done both. Well, someone in the podcast will, will mm. let us know, one of the listeners. Um, all right. How did, not how did you get this job, but how did your job... Uh, history begin? What did you start as? Like for me, I started as a lifeguard. I was a lifeguard forever and all those kinds of things. And I always talk to the kids about that. And they're always like, I wasn't always a teacher. Like, what, what oh. were you? Well, I thought that I wanted to be a psychologist and... <laughs> From like, um, how old? Like, oh, well, before that, I really wanted to be a um, graphic designer. And I was really into... And I won this logo competition when I was in grade 11 um, for the 75th anniversary of the school that I went to. What was the logo? And what did it look it, like? It was a take on the school's original logo which had a rampant line in it and St Andrew's Cross because it was a that was called Scotch College All right. and I kind of extended it up and the school had this beautiful green hedge around it so I kind of incorporated the hedge around the original logo and then had the number 75 so there were car stickers and there was a flag that flew above the school for the whole of the 75th anniversary year so that was something that I really <laughs> I um, honestly thought you were going to say like um, it was a circle or something there was some animal but like you fully remember the whole yeah. logo um, because it was out there, like it was used in all the anniversary material right, for the right. 75th um, anniversary. So that was in grade 11, and I thought that I really wanted to like go down that route. Well, wait, can we go back? So it was, <laughs> you say like it was out there, like, did someone then like graphically was, like, what were computers like still really readily available? Well, or was this we like a hand-drawn like kind of had, thing? What was this on? No, we had Adobe at school, and okay. like, we were able to like... Play with that, and okay. um, yeah. So I didn't have these things at school. I had like typing class for real. Like my school was like I was in 1960 or whenever they had typing class. No, I think That's... that I was lucky. Like we were BYOG Mac school in Are you serious? 95. Yeah. I think I was like one of three kids who remembers that, like, you know, that little connect to the internet thing, like near graduation. Yeah. Like we didn't have any of that stuff. Maybe I'm just a lot older than you. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. Yeah, that might be it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Somehow I doubt that. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, um, so I don't know. Like, when I went to uni, I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, it's really competitive out there, and I didn't probably have the confidence as a 17-year-old to... Um, yeah, sure. ...march onto that. So then I did a Bachelor of Behavioral Science, 
um, <laughs> which was, yeah. That, that was the fallback plan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so um, majoring in sociology and psychology and education studies. And then halfway through that degree, I was like, oh, I did a gap year um, and was coaching rowing and doing supply teaching at Brentwood College School in Canada on Vancouver Island. Mm. And I was like, ah, oh, this is it. This is it. I want to be with um, people who have light bulb moments all the time and get excited about, um, yeah, the next day and what's going to come next in the next lesson. And it was just, I loved being in that setting. So when I got back to Australia, I did um, a Bachelor of Education. Right. And then straight out of that degree, I moved to England and taught in the UK for four years. Wow. Um, at a little school called Dogsthorpe Junior School, which was uh, three or four entry, only had 12 classes, and the team was so, um, so fresh because the school was in special measures and we had a super head in place trying to like lift up standards. And super head. Yeah, he was a yeah. super head. Nice. And um, this guy, Peter Charlton, he was all about live music, everybody, let's like bring the school back to life with live music, everybody. Like um, live music? Like it like was a, just During the morning time? Action, like, yeah. Just so always. Just like always. Right. Um, Your school was just a musical. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and that was exciting to be part of. Like, um, David was the most senior and the longest serving teacher and he'd only been there for two years. Who's David? David, my husband David. Oh, David yeah. Taylor. <laughs> David Sorry, Taylor. I, I think yeah. maybe maybe the listeners didn't yeah, know so, what David yeah. you were talking about. Um, so yeah, that's where I met David. And yeah, we had six newly qualified teachers out of 12. So it was tough. The kids were um, really challenging and they came with a lot of... Um, a lot of baggage that we had to support them with when they came to school. Right. Um, yeah. So I think that it was a really good opportunity to like hone behaviour management skills in mm. that context. So moving to Abu Dhabi and to Raha in 2006 was like the first opportunity to really concentrate on purely teaching and learning right. and not have to concentrate so much on that everyday um, I heard a, of behavior management. an interesting quote the other day, and I don't, think, I don't know if this quote is from this person exactly, but it was from uh, David Lee Roth, so the old front man for Van Halen. So maybe, <laughs> uh, maybe you could talk to your son about it and he could let you know if this was actually from him or not. But it was something like if you do 10 hours a day for 10 years, anything, that's when you become kind of good at it. And that's when you become kind of like your perspective on it changes I and mean, that's with an artist or that's mm. with maybe even a teacher is that kind of how you feel as well is was there did you kind of like jump in this and know it and be like okay I'm, I'm pretty good at this or was it over this time and then coming to Abu Dhabi and be like wow I've learned all this behavior management all this kind of stuff now I'm I got all these hours I'm really good at it and now I can do something really amazing yeah, I think I think I was good at it when I was in England, but yeah. I think that it was just like a totally different setting, and it wasn't following a day one lesson three. Like it wasn't so prescriptive, so that there was an opportunity to be creative. Right. So, do you think you can be good at it day one? Do you think you need ten thousand hours? Like when you meet like a new teacher, are you like, all right, 
you're good, but you don't know. Like, obviously, you will be better with time, but that this, like, I don't know. So, this, like, are you born to be a teacher? Or, are you or anything, yeah, a little bit. Like, there are these gifted Mozart kind of people that probably didn't need 10,000 hours. But that, in general, do you kind of buy into that thinking? I think that... Oh, like for me, I needed like 20,000. I'm not even close. 20, you know, like, <laughs> like the 10,000 is just not enough. No, I think that it was at the... Oh, it was a guy from Melbourne University who was speaking at the IB conference in 2016 and he brought up that... I wish I could remember his name right now. Um, he brought up that a teacher's born and not made. And teacher's born, yeah. Yeah, so... And by saying that teachers are born and not made is that maybe not giving the profession the kind of respect or the kudos that it actually needs because we are like professionals that do deserve to have that continuous feedback and professional development. Yes. um, I think it's something that you can always improve on. And, yeah, there are people who naturally like children, I think. Well, I think that's it, right? um, Like the idea that you could have children at the center of it, that you could love just children and want to be part of that experience. And that is something that you're born with. But the actual pedagogy or something, too, it takes 10,000 hours? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Yeah, so I think that you can be born and, like, raised by your parents in your own school experiences Mm. to be good at relationships. But I think Especially when your school is full of, like... Apple computers and stuff like yours. <laughs> um, <laughs> then everyone just wants to be a graphic designer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just wanted to get an ICQ. I didn't graphic designer. Um, going with that with like kids, you being, oh, I don't want to say privileged, having all those Apple computers around you, but what's the, what's the future of education? Like for me, I'm, I'm talking with the grade fives now about innovation. And for me, innovation is scary. Like it really is scary mm-hmm. because... It's it's pushing the world to a really great place, but it's how do you work in that world? That's what I don't understand. So like when I when, when I left high school, I could be a like I could be a lifeguard, which is still going to be a job. I don't think AI is going to take over. But uh, a lot of my friends worked at McDonald's. Lots of my friends worked at shopping malls. Lots of my friends did a lot of things before they knew what they wanted to do, and then they kind of figured it out. But I don't think that's going to be the case. So how do you prepare students for a world? that, I don't know, we can't really envision, with innovation, with this thing, like, what is the future? How do we do so it? So I think for me, and like I'll say it to parents when they come to the play date to join Raha um, in EY1, yep. and it's just, I'm not looking at content in the way that we would have 20 years ago, and I just want... Um, children to be able to make eye contact and to be able to share and take turns and be flexible and um, resilient because that's what is going to help you in the future regardless of what the landscape looks like in mm. the job world. Um, it's about being able to make human connections and be able to be good at listening and um yeah, good at taking turns and compromise and all of those things because yeah. that's what's going to enable you to be flexible with whatever it is that's around the corner. Okay. Um, so do you think that's going to be how most people need to kind of shape it and need to kind of look at it? Like, 
Or is there going to be some kind of classes with how to deal with innovation? Is there going to be some kind of... I guess we do kind of do that with <laughs> entrepre- do entrepreneurship here at mm. Raha and stuff. Like, it is looking that way to create something of your own. Um, but I don't know. But I like that idea mm. of, like, shaping the person so that they can adapt to any kind of Yeah, it's coping with change landscape. and embrace change as well. Right. Okay. Um, so what is it about Abu Dhabi that has kept you here? Like, for me... I haven't been here that long, definitely not as long as you, only four years, but there was uh, one of our parents yesterday tweeted, I won't mention their name, but they tweeted yesterday that uh, they loved waking up and looking at the sky, and they kind of put a picture of that Mm -hmm. on the Twitter, and I totally agree with it. That's exactly, almost, more than education, more than anything, the reason I stay, stay here, when I wake up in the morning, when I look at the sky, when I come out, it's, it energizes me, like Canada doesn't do that. Like, I'm from Canada, and I love Canada, but, like, December, January, February, I don't like it. Like, I, it makes me feel down. Like, I don't snowboard, I don't ski. you got seasonal affective disorder. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think, you know, I don't know. I, all I want is to watch hockey <laughs> and not feel cold. And so I can do that here. Um, so part of the reason that I would think that I might be here forever is just that it's always mm-hmm. summer, and I just generally like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like the warmth as well. Like, I think that it's, um, yeah, great to... But you're from warmth. I'm from warmth. Yeah. It does get cold in Adelaide. Like, it gets, like, 12, 14 degrees in okay. the winter. Okay, okay, all right. Yeah. But then, like, we get these beautiful blue <laughs> skies in the middle of winter, and it's right. not... But the trade-off isn't so big, I think. Yeah. When, like, you're like, hey, I'm going back to yeah. 12 degrees or 12 something. 12 degrees, it's fine. Yeah. Um, no, but it's just been, for us such an amazing project to be involved in growing a school from being like like but did you know that did you know that like day one did you think like oh this has potential to be a 2000 student school the the lady that well there was a couple um darren lavelle and steve johnson and they um hired david and me at the search fair in dubai in 2006 in february and the school didn't have a name yet um, but they had the blueprints, they had the architectural drawings about this is what the school's going to look like. Right, and what did that and look like? It was the um, primary building yeah. and the administration building, and that was all, and the swimming pool, and that was all that was... But they owned the, the, the land, obviously. Yeah, the land, this land has always been... So was it just like a small little school with an amazing pitch? Like that would have been huge. Like, what was all that? <laughs> well, the EY1, yeah. um, where EY1 is now, that was another football pitch. Okay. And where the auditorium, the Performing Arts Centre is now, that used to be four tennis courts. Okay. Um, there. And then there was a big fence that went across, like, because the campus was kind of, like, cut into a triangle. And then there was Mike Fluke, who was the artist-in-residence, who made the sculpture that's right. in the middle of the piazza. He had, like, this big workshop thing going on over And made on that the side. Ten Horsemen or whatever. Yeah. yeah those little, there's these little sculptures in Raha, if you ever get a chance, of these little um, horsemen things. Yeah. So that's kind of how we, like, signed up to it. But you could see the potential there. Like, yeah. You're and like, I there are too many was... tennis courts. This is going to be something big. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was like a really exciting thing to be a part of to be there on the first day that school opened and then to just see it grow year on year 
and to have the support from um, the administration, the consistency, like through Wayne and now through right. Ian to really support professional growth in everybody. Right. Um, so it's been easy to stay because you feel, well, I feel that I've always had an opportunity to do something different, try something new, um, experiment with You're what we're doing. You're always very valued, for yeah. sure, right? Yeah. So that's why it's been easy to stay. And it's going to be really hard to leave. Yeah. I was, like I never, I guess I, not that I never thought about it, but because um, I knew you had been part of this journey here at Raha. But the idea that so, someone showed you a, a layout of a school that didn't exist or a school that didn't have a name and they're like, relax, we'll figure it out. And then yeah. they're like, yeah, let's just go with that. Let's just make it relax. And that's, that is what it is. And but we didn't it, right? even like, know that it was going to work out that way. Like when we arrived, the school wasn't ready. The first time I walked into the building, I was wearing a hard hat. I have to show you a photo. Some days you could still do that. Here. Yeah. No, no, no. Like you couldn't. Um, yeah, so I used to be in Hayley Main's classroom. That was my first classroom in the corner of the PYP yep. building. But we didn't open the school there. We opened the school at Raha Beach Hotel in the villas over there. And we moved all the furniture out and brought the school furniture over there. And we, because the school wasn't ready? It wasn't ready. Right. Um, so that was quite a nice, difficult conversation for the principals at the time to invite parents in and say, so you've signed up for this right. amazing new IB school in Abu Dhabi and um, we're going to, like, be teaching at Raha Beach Hotel. That <laughs> yeah. could be a win. I don't know. So, yeah, it was a really interesting start. To, so to see those 88 kids that we started with and now we're like 2,105. Look at that. Right down to number five. Can't forget that person, look right? Look at that, that. Those last five kids. Yeah. It's important. That, no, that's true. <laughs> and this conversation, like for real... First podcast, I think it's going pretty well. Like, we're already done. Like, it's like, I have like a minute, 45 <laughs> seconds left on the timer. And it's like, my talking points aren't done. And I don't even have a lot of talking points. Oh, no. um, so there's just one last thing I want to, to know. It's just, like, what do you watch? What are you reading? Like, if people were like, what does Jasmine do when she goes home and turns on a podcast or turns on Netflix or something? Like, what do you watch? What do you, what's going on? Oh, what do I watch? Oh, my gosh. Nothing? <laughs> I'm really, um, my, one of my favorite and my best is Tiffany Schlein. Um, I don't know. Okay. So what she's, she do? she's, oh, no, what's hers called? Anyway, she's really about technology in a changing world. And I really respect the way that she's integrating technology into her life okay. without it impacting like some of those old, like old-fashioned values, I guess. So is she? Like, is this an education context, or is this just her no, life? No, it's just her life, and she, right. um, like for example, she she calls it a technology shabbat, and on Saturday, like there's absolutely no technology in her house. Everybody unplugs, and because she felt that she wasn't getting the gardening done, they weren't ever cooking together. They weren't playing right. board games together. They're so just I tweeting about that, it. Like me, yeah. So, yeah, so I think that, yeah, she's mindful about that. And also she talks a lot about that, um, what I was saying about preparing individuals for a future where there's innovation. And so she talks about STEAM not being a thing, but it's STEAM, like putting that H in there to, like, bring that human element um, into 
what we're teaching and what we're valuing okay. in our day-to-day life. Cool. Um, so you're yeah. listening to this lady talk about... So I, I watch her on... Oh, you, it's a podcast. AOL, it's on AOL, but she's got little um, short snippety bits. Yep. Um, and oh, what else? My One of my, my best friends from primary school, she bought me a book for my birthday called... Um, 50 notable psychologists distilled. So it's like big names. Um, like, but it's like distilled into like three page snippets. Right. Like a, the big idea is. From this um, person. This was their big idea. Yeah. Right. And yeah, so that's that's what's on the the nightstand at the moment. Cool. But, um, but the well, interesting uh, yes, chapter, pause, the, like the chapter that. Um, I found most interesting is again back to Malcolm Gladwell. Yes, His let's finish chapter. where we started. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the blend. man you have no idea what he looks <laughs> I like. I know. I'm gonna have. Maybe to you shouldn't. Me. I don't know if you should now that <laughs> so it's. It might be it. all over once I see. <laughs> it might be. Um, yeah, blink. That sometimes the decisions that you make in a second can be as well. Well can be good as good as decisions that you deliberate on over hours and hours with lots and lots of discussion. So I think that's been a really interesting thing to kind of... Well, I think that's... And it kind of goes to this podcast a little bit because the decision to sit down and talk to me must have been one of those blink <laughs> kind of moments, right? So I appreciate that. Um, on that note, let's walk to your meeting. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening. And I'm going to go take... Uh, some pictures of Jasmine standing in front of a, I don't know, EY building or something. That sounds like a yearbook <laughs> photo, doesn't it? Excellent. All right. Yeah. Masalama. Bye.